Hey there, this is Jack, and this is the very first episode of the How We Connect podcast. I'll probably not call it the How We Connect podcast, probably just like How We Connect. It's a podcast about relationships and mental health, and I guess we're going to cover topics around polyamory and disability and different bodies, different genders, anything you can imagine to do with sexualities, I guess. Um, for my first show, I have an interview with Kirsty Fife, who's a activist and musician, and is really, really awesome. And I think I'll just go straight into the interview instead of waffling on by myself because this bit's really hard. Kirsty's here with me. How are you doing, Kirsty? Hi. I'm Hello. okay. <laughs> it's my first time on a podcast. Is it really? Well, I guess I re- I made one, but it's my first time on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought we could just do a little pronoun check before we start. Yep. Um, I'm Jack. You've already heard my voice. I use they, them pronouns. I'm Kirsty. I use she, her pronouns. Good. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so I asked Kirsty on the show today because it's the very first one and we live very close to each other <laughs> since Kirsty got a new house. And we're pals and in a couple of bands together. Yeah. And it seemed like a good fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so um, basically today I want to talk about your relationships and your past relationships and your current <laughs> relationships as much as you want to. Um, issues that you have around like, you know, mental health is like a really important thing. Uh-huh. Um, you've done like a ton of stuff writing about fat phobia and <laughs> things like that. So I thought that would be like a really good place to start maybe yeah 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 okay 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 i wonder how we actually start this discussion i don't know (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we could talk about like what was your first relationship uh (laughs) um so i uh oh god my first partner was someone i met off the internet all my partners people i meet off the internet because i don't meet people in real life well, I do now, but I don't tend to have sex with them. Um, uh, yeah, um, it was uh, um, a like someone who should have been a really good friend who I got confused about and then slept with. And then we were like together because that's how it works when you're a teenager. It's like we've had sex with each other now. I don't think we'd even had sex. I think we just kissed. And I was like, you are my boyfriend. <laughs> I am your girlfriend. Um, and Yeah. It was like a really weird friendship, um, but I didn't I didn't fancy him at all. I think a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> it was just kind of like I got the sense that he would sleep with me. Yeah, yeah, and we were friends, and then that happened, and then we were partners, and then I spent three months trying to get out of the relationship. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so much like my first relationship. <laughs> It's like this exact I think, same. I think that's like everyone's first relationship, maybe. Wow. Because you don't, you don't realize like you have, like choice or like I didn't. Yeah, I guess like the fat teenage girl thing as well as you're always told like, sleep with the first person that asks mm. you, basically, regardless of whether you want to have sex with them, or whether you like. So I kind of just was like, this person seems like they will sleep with me. I don't have any choice in this matter because I'm like 
fat teenage girl and uh yeah it was not not the best start (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't sound good at all i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no but i mean it was like um it was a friendship i guess as well but i don't talk to that person anymore so I'm not sure anyone's going to come on here with like a, my first relationship was amazing. Well, I know a couple of people who've had that. I mean, I know people who are still in that relationship and that's, that's true. you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're not that person. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, to be fair, like working where I grew up is a small, horrible town full of fairly small, horrible people. But he wasn't actually from working because he was from the internet. But that's a place, the internet. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like obviously we have a good idea where those ideas around oh you're lucky to be in this relationship you need to like this is it now like we know where that comes from but what how did you realize that was like not right um I don't I don't know if I realized it wasn't right so much as I just kind of realized that I didn't want to keep sleeping with him and it was just kind of like sort of I guess like at that point in time because like sort of socialization kind of made me go like um uh there's probably not a better option than this out there because you know sort of that's that's probably what everyone around me was telling me at the time but I was just like I'm not sure I want to be sleeping with someone I don't fancy or don't enjoy sleeping with or so we split up and then we were friends for like two years after that. Oh, that's good. So, so it wasn't like, um, it was like entirely awful. I think it was quite a bad friendship after that. But like, um, I think I was just. It wasn't so much that I was like, oh, I deserve better. It was more just like I don't want to do this, so I won't do it anymore. Basically, mm. that's so. that's like a good empowered decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I didn't like go from that and then go like actually, what I want to do is like approach and engage in like relationships or hookups with people that I do fancy I just kind of went like I will do nothing Mm. after that so um so I don't like it took me a while to get to the point where I am now which is kind of like I deserve to see people that I fancy and enjoy and that respect me and uh, are nice do cool stuff (laughs) yeah I'm like still like I feel like I'm still wavering on the line of like <laughs> oh is this person treating me terribly I still want to be with them so badly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I guess it's like sometimes it's really hard to decode as well like if you are seeing people like what is yeah especially because you're like so many sort of fucked up behaviors are just kind of like socialized into like you're sort of taught to expect them so they're not a problem that's just the way people behave but obviously they're a problem yeah yeah and you like deserve better yeah right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um and kind of no matter like how you feel about like who else is out there you don't deserve to like be in a shitty relationship with someone who is um not good to you in any way i guess um and like that you get nothing out of in terms of like because yeah I think I was kind of took me it took like a long time for me to get the sense that I could like want to get something in return out of a relationship um 
definitely not at that point. So you had this one relationship and long friendships and then you had like a gap? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I kind of, um, yeah, like, I mean, I guess like when I was 16, there wasn't like, wasn't like okay cupid or anything like that so maybe there wouldn't have been a gap if there had been something like that then makes me sound really old um i think there was like myspace yeah it was like myspace times um yeah uh so i kind of didn't see anyone for ages for like well ages like nine months or something um and then actually like uh the next person to come along after that was alex who, oh wow yeah so uh, who I met when I was like 17. And you're still with now for context. <laughs> still with now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't kind of, yeah. So I kind of like, it's weird for me because I often feel like my, like those sort of that teenage coming of age in relationships is something that I kind of did in a way. I mean, like I have grown a lot in that relationship, but also like the sort of dating about and seeing lots of other people is kind of something which came through polyamory at a later point in time so I kind of started polyamory as at like the position of like a 17 year old girl basically <laughs> but like when I was 25 <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is not that far apart from 17 but felt like it was a lot can change in a those lot can change eight in those years, years. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> so like how did tell me if any of this is too invasive yeah. but like how did you and Alex I'm assuming together decide to like start doing polyamory um so I heard about polyamory in like 2000 I met I met one of my best friends who um I still know now, now in like 2007 that was like geez that was 10 years ago um uh, and she was polyamorous and she was like the first person that I've met that was like openly poly and I guess like she wasn't the first person that I'd met that was bi as well but because like I grew up with um like one of my dads is bi and so like but he never really like calls himself bi so or like I think he does now but he didn't when I was younger um so yeah basically I met a really awesome friend who was interested in like fat positive stuff and was polyamorous and was bi and was just like great in is still great in general um <laughs> she's still one of my best friends um and it was like oh this exists because I think because I got together with Alex like really young um everyone kind of just presumed that we were on like a little like journey to marriage and yeah. babies and all of that sort of thing. Have you heard the term escalator relationship? <laughs> no, but I just did make a little yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like everyone kind of presumed we were on an escalator relationship, which is weird because I don't think either of us ever has articulated our desire to be in that sort of relationship. And although like we are ultimately like a lifestyle sharing couple. Um, and we live together I don't think we necessarily um have like the same like want that stuff in that way so um so yeah we basically we were like living together at that point in time and then I met my friend 
and discovered polyamory and she started and was like whoa what is all this like um uh and that was that was like 10 years ago and then basically what happened was we talked about it for like five years (laughs) (laughs) or like every once in a while I'd be like polyamory and Alex would be like oh yeah polyamory and because but I think part of it 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 took us a really long time to like discuss it properly because I think we both had stuff around like desirability like from like a self-esteem and from for me from like a body image perspective it was like oh do we want to go to do you want to negotiate all this stuff when like neither of us thinks that anyone else will date us and so um uh yeah so we just we just talked about it on and off for like five years and and then yeah so that would be like 2012 yeah I think when when I moved to London in 2012 we were like let's talk about this properly um rather than it being this big abstract idea which is kind of um and then yeah because I think for me it was more like because both of us tend to have like quite romantic friendships or like friendships that like are I guess like mean as much to us as like each other does um so which other people would always be a bit like oh where are your priorities why are they not solely focused on your monogamous um partner friend um like why why are they also focused on other people um so yeah so we like talked about it and talked about what we felt comfortable with and um sort of how we thought polyamory would work for us and I think like read a lot of books because that's what I do I'm like tell me how to do this thing (laughs) any Um, books in particular uh I read this book called opening up is by like um so everyone always says read the ethical slut but actually like don't read the ethical yeah every like this is the this is the advice that I got because um (laughs) like yeah all of my um I think when I was when I was like okay I think we're finally gonna discuss it and we're finally gonna set up like a framework that works for us and that sort of thing and um pretty much everyone was like please don't read ethical slut at this point in time (laughs) so did you know people who were polyamorous then yeah I guess like I knew like not as many people as I know now but I knew a few people then um because yeah I think maybe I'd like met people through twitter and like gotten a little more connected with like queer circles and that sort of thing where like it's more standard that people will have different relationship models and that sort of thing so it wasn't just like my one friend um but I think I did ask her for recommendations too uh and yeah so I read opening up and it has this like it's, there's this bit in it where it just talks about setting up a relationship framework that was really good because it was like talking about like where our boundaries were and what we thought we'd be comfortable with and what we thought we wouldn't be comfortable with um and I, then I think that all changed ultimately like because that's just like the nature of um forming relationships I guess is that um you kind of think oh I feel uncomfortable with this or oh this is how I want Polly to work for me but then you actually both start seeing people and that changes quite a lot I think 
Um, and then I still think I took like nine months to go on a date with someone. <laughs> well, it's a big step, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, I've worked all this stuff out in my head, but now actually doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I used, cause I, for years and years I used like, okay, Cupid to make friends. Um, like that's how I met, um, one of my best friends in Leeds who I've just been hanging out with, <laughs> um, and some other people too. Um, because yeah, I heard it was like where nice people were <laughs> so I'd always used it for that but then I think it took a while to be like okay now I'm also using it to like meet people who I might date yeah so what was what was like your first like polyamorous date <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god um I think I had quite a few dates that I didn't realize were dates retrospectively um like people have told me that they were dates um, well like your friends or the person you were like the person I was on a date with has in because I still know some of them now um, and because I just like yeah I'd never dated before I didn't know how dating worked I'd only really like had friendships with people that had sort of developed into like um, like kissing and then it was like now we are in a relationship like not that that's how it worked with Alex really but like you know that's kind of like what dating as a teenager is like I guess um maybe it's different now but it's what it was like um so the sort of whole going on a date and like hanging out and reading signals and flirting and all that stuff kind of completely went over my head so uh yeah the best points were the times I ended up in people's bedrooms and I didn't realize uh and then generally I would also be on dates with people that were similarly awkward so it would just be this like weird point in time hanging out in someone's bed feeling weird (laughs) were were you thinking I wish this was a date or like Um, I think just kind of like I don't know I think the idea of like dating kind of made my head hurt for quite a long time I think it still kind of makes my head hurt um so I was kind of would kind of be like you seem cool you seem great you seem nice but I wouldn't necessarily be able to like process that as like um I want to kiss you as an example or like anything like that um and I still kind of struggle with that sometimes like sometimes I'm like immediately attracted to people um but most of the time I kind of um I guess like I it takes a lot to focus on like getting to know someone and then like the attraction tends to come like a little bit later sometimes and sometimes it doesn't come at all uh so yeah I think I just kind of because I'd used like because it was mainly okay cupid dates and because I had been used to just using it to meet nice people to go and hang out with I kind of viewed it as like the same again if that makes sense and I didn't even put the like this person might be trying to kiss me this person is stroking my knee sort of thing <laughs> into context um so uh yeah and it's only really retrospectively that like people have told me like you know that time we were hanging out in my bed there was i was probably trying to like make out with you but you were very interested in talking gibberish at me <laughs> Um, 
so yeah but like I kind of and I guess for me as well because I only really started like dating non not just heterosexual man men at that point in time um so there was this whole extra level of like um oh god what am I doing sort of yes feelings um on top of like does this person fancy me do I fancy them do I like them and all of that sort of stuff so it was like a big big mess but it all worked out fine mainly (laughs) now I can just about tell when people fancy me mainly (laughs) sometimes (laughs) it's amazing sometimes that you can sort of just get like a bit overwhelmed by it and then just be like oh I don't know how this person feels about me at all I don't know what's going on I don't know how I feel yeah yeah very confusing (laughs) um yeah what were your first what were my first poly dates like i'm not being interviewed (laughs) (laughs) actually it made me think there actually because like i also never went on dates oh yeah um because um i'd sort of grown up in this environment of being like a gay gay man yeah so like it was like oh um you want i mean it was before grinder so at first it was like oh you want like monogamy you want like a white picket fence and like a dog mm-hmm. and adoption and all this stuff and then it became very much like oh you want to be like really fit so that guys on grinder will like want to fuck you yeah and then um and then i was just in like <laughs> loveless long-term relationships <laughs> loveless on my part not on the other person's <laughs> part um like monogamous relationships mm-hmm. um but then yeah i went on my first date when i was polyamorous mm-hmm. because um until that point it just sort of i just sort of fallen in with people and like started seeing them in like a sexy way and then developing a relationship um which i mean yeah date is going to mean a different thing to like lots of different people right but yeah i went with like one of my partners now like two years ago we went to like we went for some we met on okay cupid we went for some mm-hmm. food, we went to a gig, and then we went back to his house mm-hmm. and had some tea and had sex. And it was really good. <laughs> it was like a really fun time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I always cite that as like my first ever date. <laughs> Sounds like a date. <laughs> At like 24. <laughs> yeah. Well, still earlier than mine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back onto you. <laughs> oh, no. you, keep saying, you keep saying it's like fine and perfect and happy now. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> which I'm not trying to like criticize that. No. But what what do you think has like brought you to that point? Um I guess like I mean sort of I'm a lot happier now, but I wouldn't say that I'm like in like sort of like I'm very happy in I, my relationship at the moment. I'm really really seeing my long-term partner at the minute. Um and that relationship has kind of always been great. I don't really know how it came to be great because I feel like I made a lot of bad decisions as a 17 year old girl. Um, and that one kind of just worked out fine and is good is great. Um, but I guess I kind of, um, I don't really put pressure on myself to like, um, because I guess, like, what I found through being poly is also that there's kind of this pressure to always be dating everyone at the same time, which you're nodding, so I guess you... Having to, like, <laughs> so, so someone, like, really cute asks you out on a date and you're just like, I am dating too many people right now and this is horrible because I want to say yes, but I know sensibly I shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, I think, and, like, 
because for me sometimes it's been kind of like um like I've struggled to I guess like I've devoted a lot of energy into dating sometimes and then not really had time for myself and not really like which again again sort of ties into this like I guess like broadly like socialization as like a working class woman that you like invest all your time in like other people and don't spend any time on yourself and that sort of thing which kind of weirdly comes back into relationships and poly and dating so actually like at the minute I'm not really dating anyone else and that's kind of like the first time it's been that case for like ages but it's also nice and it's not so people keep saying like oh are you monogamous now and it's like I'm not monogamous I'm just not dating a lot of people at the minute um and I guess like um because I, f- I did find when I went poly that some of the weird sort of like just just date people just sort of like go on dates go on lots of dates thing kind of brought the like date any like go go out with anyone who asks you on a date sort of thing back um from like teenage times um and sometimes that was good and it was great and other times it kind of made me again I had that weird feeling where I didn't have like agency and who I was dating or the choices that I was making um whereas I think like in the last year I kind of do feel like I've had a lot more agency in like who I've chosen to date and like specifically when I've chosen not to date and when I've chosen to take time for my like mental health instead of uh like putting pressure on myself to be like the polyamorous ideal of like 20 partners I don't think that's actually the polyamorous ideal but you know what I mean like sort of uh yeah date lots and lots so um but yeah I guess it's sort of starting dating again at like 25 specifically after having like gone sort of had this big period where I like encountered fat positivity and then started doing activism and kind of coming back around to dating in the past few years and just being like wait I don't have to like internalize all of that stuff that people told me that I had to internalize and I don't have to seek out anyone regardless of whether I fancy them or not I can actually be like loved and desired and like by the people that I also love and desire which kind of feels quite radical in the context of like fatness and that sort of thing so yeah it's not like I'm super happy now everything's great and perfect and shiny and I live in a perfect like poly rainbow world or anything like that because <laughs> I don't necessarily feel like that but I do kind of feel like um I don't put the same pressure on myself that um other people did at various points in my life yeah I get yeah. that it was interesting that you mentioned like feeling pressure I guess from like all the other queer polyamorous yeah, yeah, people yeah 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 to like practice like yeah and like you're only really poly if you're like if you're living a certain set lifestyle was actually I think like sometimes yeah sometimes you're alone sometimes you're not dating anyone sometimes you're dating just one person sometimes you know like and for me polyamory I guess is like flexibility and it's like um particularly like shifting like changes in relationships because for me I guess I've had like friendships that have become romantic or 
become sexual or become like long-term relationships or you know vice versa relationships that have become more like friendships and sort of again like I feel like the be poly in this way all the time thing doesn't really work for me um yeah I think it can be quite dogmatic yeah yeah definitely it's it's kind of weird whenever there's like something which is yeah I guess like quite it seems quite like free kind of then becomes quite prescribed I guess but that's that happens in so many different spheres I guess Mm. yeah yeah with the like so you used to like faction blogging yes right um (laughs) is that does that apply there as well is there like a certain way to do that uh yeah well I think faction's interesting because um it like for me for like years and years I spent ages like defending fashion and like I still defend like clothes um as I I still think that clothes have the possibility be to be radical and like interactions with clothes can be radical and transformative and I think that gets like downplayed in activism in general because clothes are frivolous and you know associated with women a lot of the time and you know misogyny basically um uh and actually a lot of the stuff I've done has been about interacting with clothes and like sort of um yeah radical and also like anti-capitalist ways um so uh yeah because I came into sort of fat positive fashion stuff through like online communities and blogging and it kind of very felt very much felt like countercultural stuff um this was in like 2007 and then just like gradually over time it's um I guess because like PR companies and brands and stuff picked up on the people running those spaces as like brand ambassadors and as people that have the potential to make money and so now often it's kind of about collaborating with brands whereas for me it was kind of about like enjoying clothes but also criticizing um I guess like the fashion industry including like plus size fashion um so yeah now I kind of I run like clothes swaps which you know about um and I think they're really awesome like examples of like like sort of playful and um radical engagement with clothes without spending money um that create the sort of buzz and atmosphere that uh I got out of blogging communities at the start um but they're kind of that sort of stuff is like very much on the outside of fashion now um so yeah that's that's interesting yeah Yeah. but doing the like yeah the body positive clothes swaps is such a great idea of like for like community yeah 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 because you meet like and actually i've met like i've dated people through those swaps and that sort of thing so i like i really like the sort of the way that like they can kind of i don't know there's just like a real like gleeful like enjoyment of like fatness and abundance and clothing and like and kind of like playfulness of like oh just try this on oh lol it looks silly oh you know and and kind of I don't know it's like it's like often you come into a space and there's just like loads of like fat people in their pants like trying on stuff and um 
and it's just kind of yeah it's really it's really exciting because um I don't think you often see those bodies in spaces and like if you're fat you can't shop in like normal clothes shops because often if they have plus size ranges they put them online because they don't want fat people going into the shops this is a thing this is a thing yeah um so the majority of um plus size shops who have or like like i don't know like new look or something like that who have a plus size range is like not in 90 percent of their shops um and they've like actually reduced the amount of like presence they have in shops and so you don't like you don't get to have that experience of like going and trying on clothes together and that sort of thing and i think that stops the potential for like bonding i also think it like makes it a lot harder to see like another fat person trying on clothes and that sort of thing so actually the the experience of being in a space sort of playing with clothes is quite like with another fat person is not that usual now um so yeah it's nice and I like it because it's kind of it's playful like sometimes people are quite flirty and like I I like that sort of like dimension to it as well um that like because for other people it's not that at all it's just like they come and they try get some clothes and they go and that's fine but kind of when there's like I guess um like when that playfulness also becomes like slightly flirtatious that's nice for me yeah and really queer as well which is nice yeah it's it's really interesting how how parallel that like not parallel it's like the opposite of what we were talking about earlier yeah with like um the idea that you have to like fit into like a certain mold like of relationships mm-hmm. um but then you're like actually taking something that you see a problem with and you're like oh no i can deliver this entirely like different like liberatory yeah 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 no it's and i think that's like um sometimes like i guess people's like critiques of those like materials those like raw like in the case of fashion like clothes which like aren't inherently evil but like when commodified within the context of you know like shitty ideologies and that sort of thing become charged with different politics but actually like take one thing and it can be like gleeful and playful and fun and not about like conforming or spending money or like fitting or yeah all of that stuff yeah so (laughs) i was just thinking (laughs) so like you mentioned like meeting people through the fat the fat swaps fat positive cloth swaps um meeting people i've found meeting people Mm -hmm. through mutual interests is like that's super great yeah i love that yeah like and you do a lot of activism yes but you also do a lot of music and you didn't say (laughs) you know where i'm going you didn't say (laughs) how you (laughs) met alice your long-term partner and i think it's such a great story no no (laughs) this isn't actually where i thought you were going um uh oh god yeah um i feel like people are gonna listen to this it's gonna be ingrained in people people are gonna listen to this i hope oh god um yeah i met my long-term partner on internet forum for a really embarrassing early naughty naughties band um and yeah we have both have much better taste in music now um uh 
although I still like quite a lot of embarrassing music so it's not true um but yeah we liked a lot of the same music and we used to talk on MSN about music and about Kim Deal mainly it's a good musician yeah um yeah and actually like I was mainly into awful like whiny boy indie bands at that point in time um apart from like the Pixies and Breeders uh and yeah we kind of like I guess like sort of music has kind of always been in our relationship and now we're like we've always like played music together and met people through music I guess broadly and like um I think we both interact with music in completely different ways because like I'm not really interested in technical stuff and he is but then I think we like sort of um we interact with music in different ways but we like a lot of the same stuff and get different things out of it and yeah you make me say which band it is no <laughs> i was gonna ask i just i can't remember like i know the first half of the name but i can't remember the second half of the name so i don't want to get it wrong <laughs> what is it jj72 um, that's the one <laughs> yeah uh which is hilarious to anyone who knows us now um i don't like whiny boy indie music at all now um and i think i like listened to that music before i realized that girls made music and so i just listened to like men with high voices <laughs> i remember i don't i think i might have told you this before but i remember like thinking some awfully sexist things about music when yeah. i was younger and just being like like actively not listening to female singers because i was like oh like i'm a boy i'm not gonna get anything out of like listening oh. to that yeah and that's like oh i've heard a lot of other men say the same thing and it's yeah. like where does that come from yeah yeah i used to get because i didn't ever think that like i was particularly into like women in music like now most of the music i listen to is like women and queer led but um when i was younger i maybe like listened to like the breeders and like hole or something but like men that i knew through music would still say that like i only ever listened to like it would be like a thing that i listened to like women in music just because i listened to like two women in you know and whereas it wasn't a thing that they listened to all male bands because that's obviously the like the default the default yeah so um yeah which is so fucked up because and yeah actually made me like a lot angrier so I then obviously went out and sort more like women in music <laughs> because that was my thing and then I discovered like Riot Girl and good music and um and like Sonic Youth and those sorts of things that l were like gateway bands to the stuff I listen to now um and the stuff you make right and the stuff that I make yeah I guess so yeah um and now I can't I can't really conceive of like any of my friends saying like you just listen to women in bands because like that's totally I mean like I definitely engage more with like like women and queers particularly and like working class people making music because they weren't really present in my what you come into contact with initially probably still aren't to be fair because like if you think about like the reading lineups and that sort of thing like that sort of stuff there's still like nothing there um even though like most of what i listen to is 
not I don't think I listen to all male bands I can't think of one that I like now (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about my band (laughs) like I think we haven't ever there was one lineup that I was like oh boys 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 but then like two of us were non-binary so it was okay (laughs) you're not boys 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 yeah 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 um no i don't i don't think of cam boise like, <laughs> don't i don't thanks for the name drop there kirsty <laughs> kirsty's band is called cat apostrophe you should check them out <laughs> very good but yeah meeting people through music right yeah it's... yeah yeah it's good um yeah and i think i've had like um i don't i find it really hard to date people who don't at least like like and I don't know, like, I guess because it's so central to me and a lot of the sort of creative stuff that I do is, like, really informed by, I guess, music stuff. So I find it, sometimes I do date people that don't like music. Um, and I definitely don't, like, seek out people who only like a certain type of music. But, like, um, I think for me it's important that people understand the way I engage with uh, music and think it's good otherwise they'd be really bored at gigs <laughs> hanging out with me because <laughs> like so much of what you do with like the the clothes swaps and scene yeah. making which you haven't yeah. even mentioned yet and making music it's all diy yeah 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 definitely and like sort of it's all kind of i guess like quite like haphazard yeah like quite diy quite like clumsy and if people don't it's weird because yeah my long-term partner is like very precise and very technical but like he still values that stuff he he, like we he doesn't like think that anyone who doesn't know what what type of microphone is this i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) but yeah like sort of yeah i i think people have to like appreciate the politics of diy to like date me otherwise it probably just seems really weird yeah yeah i got that (laughs) (laughs) i I just realized like we haven't talked about mental health at all oh yeah i feel like maybe we just like skirted around it a little bit (laughs) earlier yeah i think i did say like the words but we didn't yeah but like obviously like mental health is such a it plays into relationships so much yeah yeah totally um yeah um yeah and i feel like part of that has affected like how I have poly relationships as well because I definitely like um I think I struggle to have like super casual relationships I'm like very zero chill um (laughs) and uh kind of it feels like in some ways the sort of like casual dating thing like the politics of that are like to not immediately be like I think you're great um and I think that sort of dynamic can like be quite bad for me in terms of mental health so it does totally like intersect with how I see people and the type of people that I date like obviously have to be like aware of depression and anxiety I don't think you could be on a date with me and not like like I will probably name drop like I will probably bring it up multiple times uh but uh yeah uh yeah mental health <laughs> some people <laughs> people who aren't affected by it are people who don't yet have like the language to talk yeah. about it yeah um 
sometimes really shocked, I think, at the amount of, like, in our, like, little nice punk community, mm. which isn't always nice, obviously. No, no. But, like, we talk about mental health just, like, super casually. Yeah, and that, yeah. That shocks people sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, my family never talked about mental health at all. And I think we're all depressed. Um, like, I think we've all been on, like, antidepressants at least at sort of several times in our lives. Um but it just kind of wasn't a thing we talked about. I think past, partly, like, because I, I guess, like, what I call, like, workhorse socialisation, that you don't, like, talk about, like, not being able to do things because, like, being able to do stuff is, like, your value. Um, so, like, yeah, we just never talked about it. And then I, like, it's only really, like, coming into, like, queer and DIY communities where people are, like, super frank about it that I started articulating that myself um so yeah I think it's I think it's incredibly important to talk about mental health and just to be open about how it affects you and um and that is something like I really appreciate in our extended scene I guess um and and I think also like particularly in the context of like non-traditional like relationship dynamics and like support networks and like particularly like communities and networks outside of the the nuclear family family and that sort of thing um especially when like people have been like disowned or like people aren't in touch with their family for like whatever reason um or people just don't like their family and don't find them to be supportive um that kind of like we you know and obviously the mental health system in this country is fucked up uh and we're often each other's like support networks um so i kind of really appreciate how people talk about it yeah yeah it's just i was just thinking about um dates Mm -hmm. like dates generally yeah (laughs) like um i was gonna go on a date recently Uh and then suddenly i was like oh i can't leave the house now actually i'm too overwhelmed like i'm feeling yeah. so anxious yeah i will die if i leave the house um and the person that i was on a date with was like okay let's stay in and make dinner and hang out and that was super that was really nice yeah. it was yeah. like a great date you know yeah definitely i was like um i always kind of wish it was more possible to like and obviously it is when you like date people that you know already and you go on dates with people i always think i'd be a much better first date if i could just invite someone over to my house for a cup of tea because you just do it honestly um, like yeah <laughs> yeah um I've, I've done that like as a date and it was yeah. incredible it was like it was a very very good date we yeah. watched a really sad film oh that's nice <laughs> um yeah i think like i have i do i have done that when it's been someone that i've like known initially like if it's been someone I've dated, um, like had a date with that I've I guess already met through X Y Z context, um, and yeah, like I remember um, when I broke my leg a few years ago, um, I was like messaging someone for OK Cupid, and they were someone that knew like a lot of the people that I knew, um, and we were messaging and they asked me out, and I was like, oh, I'm actually sat at home in a cast and I can't really like do much apart from like hobble up and down the corridor of my flat um but I would like to hang out uh but 
and I was like, oh, maybe we'll do it after I'm better. And then they just like offered to come around and like make me nachos. And that was really nice. That's so really sweet. They just came around and made me nachos and then we just hung out and it was nice. And it was like very low pressure, which I kind of sometimes find if you like go out on a date, somehow that makes it like a bit more like pressured to me definitely it's like hanging out in your house is like um this is like my space i'm comfortable in the space i know how it works um and it kind of becomes easier to process all of the other stuff going on rather than like oh i'm in an outside place meeting this new person trying to figure out if we fancy each other all at once basically and worrying about like if you look all right and yeah 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 like all of the stuff that is like oh i just knocked the microphone um there's like a big like bit of white noise kind of when you're like hanging out with someone for the first time um that i think is what makes first dates really like for me yeah um but also nice i like dates uh, sometimes there's like a lot of different competing factors going on at once so we're actually near the end of okay. the interview i don't know if that's like a surprising amount of time yeah, or i haven't been checking the counter okay. as we've been going on <laughs> <laughs> um but i thought we could just get like a couple of like dating tips from you i know i didn't <laughs> oh i didn't God. prepare you for this at all oh, no. <laughs> but like if you could just give like up to three but up no pressure three. to come up with three. Oh, oh my god i don't know um <laughs> i guess like in general i think it's important to remember that you're all like entitled to love and desire on like both sides from good people so that's a good starting point um and uh yeah have dates in places you feel comfortable i guess that's not really like in a lot of cases not possible to do that in your house if it's like maybe with a random but like wherever you feel comfortable because yeah that's good um and do you know talk about stuff talking's good i talk a lot um especially when you're like getting to know someone Cool. some good tips <laughs> <laughs> so to recap everybody deserves love and respect yes number two do a date where are you comfortable don't do something really stressful yeah unless you're like into skydiving and that person's into skydiving then you know go for it yeah i probably won't date that person but like if you're into it yeah yeah someone else might be into it too <laughs> and talk and listen and learn about the other person and like be nice Thank you very much, Kirsty, for coming on this podcast. Thank you, Jack. Um, do you have, I also didn't prepare you for this, but oh, do God. you have like <laughs> where people can find you on the internet, oh. like Twitter? Or... Um, yeah, so uh, my public Twitter is at DIY Archivist. It's probably the best one to follow me on. Um, uh, yeah, that's probably it at the minute. I don't really have like a blog or a public presence. Kirsty does have a band though. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Jack's also in that band, <laughs> constantly reminding me to promote it. <laughs> so that's uh, catapostrophe.bandcamp.com. Yes, that's good. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Okay, thanks. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>
So that was the very first episode of the How We Connect podcast. Oh, see, I did it again. I called it the How We Connect podcast. That's just too many words. We'll work on it in future weeks, I'm sure. Weeks, months. I don't know what the schedule of this podcast is going to be. I'm not going to commit to anything because that's kind of made it difficult for me in the past with podcasts. Um, We haven't got any branding or any websites or anything right now. Um, But for this first episode, you can follow me, Jack William, on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at InfoGirl, which is I-N-F-O-G-R-R-R-R-L. It's a tricky one to spell. Um, I really want, like feedback and criticisms and critiques and call outs um and you know positive things to other can be positive what am i saying um just any feedback would be great i'd love to have like for the next time we could like have listener mail or something i think that would be really cool like anything you've thought about like because of the conversation i had with kirsty today um that's made you think about your relationships like past or present um that would be really cool i think that would be a nice thing to do so it's like a little community um i think that is everything i'm gonna try and think of some outro music that i don't know maybe i should play one of kirsty's songs you know what i'm gonna play one of kirsty's songs thanks kirsty right thanks for listening goodbye